0: Welcome to the Max Potential Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Amanda Variantes, the founder of NFA Coaching. I'm a Max Potential Habits expert, and it's my mission to teach you actionable strategies that will help you be a business-building badass. Every week on the Max Potential Habits Podcast, I'll bring you tips, tools, and inspirational stories from successful business builders who will share their Max Potential Habits that helped them create rich, thriving, kick-ass lives and businesses. Now let's get to it. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back or welcome for the first time to the Max Potential Habits podcast. I am so, so looking forward to today's conversation. We have a very special guest who I got to meet at my favorite mentor, Dr. John Demartini's workshop that I went to a couple weeks ago, it was a couple weeks ago, let's say, and I met, I'm always drawn to certain people when I go to these events. Of course, you know, it pulls a certain crowd anyway, of people that are like-minded, studying the mysteries of the universe, human consciousness love, awareness, all the things that are really my juice, habits, all of those things. And there's always a core group of people that I meet that I'm like, okay, we need to be lifelong friends. And Lee's smile is magnetic. I wish that all of you could see his face right now. He's just vibrant, awesome guy. And as we started talking, I thought, oh, wow, I definitely need to have him on the show to share his wealth of knowledge. So here's a little bit about him. Lee Wallach is the founder and spiritual director of the Agape Center for Spiritual Living in Plano, Texas. He started Agape in 2009 and it's an inclusive community that teaches how to better self-love through conscious living. On his spiritual journey, he's traveled to India, Nepal, Tibet, Mount Kailash, and the jungles of Peru to learn about other cultures' methods of reaching higher levels of awareness. Lee has a Master's in Consciousness Studies, and prior to becoming a minister, he spent 32 years in the corporate world as an executive in the insurance industry. He's been married to his incredible wife, Jean, for, get this everyone, 46 years, 46 years. They have three sons and a granddaughter. His personal mantra is that all relationships begin and end with self-love. And I want you all to give him a warm welcome. Hey Lee, thanks for coming on the show today.
1: Good morning, Amanda. It's so good to be with you today.
0: Ah, I love, I love that you're here. This is a very, 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 very. I'm enthusiastically joyful right now.
1: And I feel it.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, tell us. You know, I was, I was so intrigued and inspired by your, your mission. You know, some of my background for the listeners is that I was uh, born in raised a fundamentalist Christian and so sometimes I have like this charge on the word minister and when I met Lee I was like oh he ain't that kind of minister
1: (laughs) there's truth in that um I tend to be a very earthy person um i believe that our purpose in life is to fully experience it with every aspect of our being and in order to do that we have to know who we are know what we value and be aware and consciously do that like you i came from a very catholic background i came from a mother who came from sicily so she was immersed in catholicism a father whose parents came from poland they were immersed in catholicism and lo and behold they wanted their son to be a priest and wow. so at the age of 15, I was sent off to be in the seminary. And uh, that year that I was in the seminary, you noticed I said that year, um, uh, <laughs> was one of the best years of my life because it taught me to think for myself. Uh-huh. But it also got me released from the seminary because I taught, I thought for myself.
0: <laughs> so, so you're thinking rebel style is, is what happened.
1: Exactly. So when people hear the word minister, minister to me means teacher. I'm a part of the Centers for Spiritual Living. I've gone through an entire curriculum on consciousness. Um, We practice or learn from the book called The Science of Mind, written by Ernest Holmes, which basically is a synthesis of all religion beliefs, all philosophy beliefs, psychology, science, all brought into a way to how do you practically live. Mm -hmm. And basically, Ernest Holmes said, change your thinking, change your life. That's so awesome. We've heard that. Wayne Dyer said that. Oprah says it. Everybody says it. The movie The Secret said it. And, you know, people think the secret, wow, that was so profound. The secret was so light. Yeah. But the beginning to get you, to, you know, to get that appetite going.
0: Yeah, it's, it's planting the seed in the mainstream consciousness. You exactly. know, way this, I think you know
1: all you got to do is spend two days with Dr. John D. Martini, and you're drinking from the fire hose of life, and you realize, oh, my God, there's so much I don't know.
0: Yeah, oh, I love that. Okay, tell, tell me, um, you know, so we got to hear your bio in terms of how you worked in insurance for 32 years and then transitioned into being a minister. Tell us a little bit about that journey and, and how you made that decision.
1: It was interesting. Um, when I left the seminary, I gave up all religion. I just was anti that completely. So that was at the age of 16. I stopped all religion at that point. Then I, we had our two children at the age of 33 and 35. And um, we said, well, let's get them baptized. What else do you do? So we took them, we got both of them baptized. And then I said, well, I don't want to go back. And my wife said, I don't want to go back. So we just left religion until I was 47 years old.
0: Wow.
1: Tony Robbins, Mark Victor Hansen, Jim Rohn, you name all of the great motivational teachers and speakers I did all that and one day this woman came to me and said why don't you go try unity it talks like you talk so I went to unity for three years and I'm a, when I immerse myself into something it's hundred percent so I was almost a licensed unity teacher but I didn't like the politics that I got caught up in And I'm not one that likes politics. I just don't see a reason to be in that environment. So I left and that's when I found the Centers for Spiritual Living. Once I got in, and I wanna say this, so the listeners understand it. In relationships, everyone has a different role. In my relationship, I'm the one on the leading edge. I'm the adventuresome. My wife is my home base. I'm grounded with her. I go off on this journey. And when I did that at unity, she stood behind sort of, and I started seeing a widening of the gap between us. Mm -hmm. And I said, Ooh, and I watched it continue to widen so that when we, when I left unity, I found the centers for spiritual living. We started going to the center in Dallas. I said, why don't you take a class with me? So she signed up for the foundation, spiritual foundations with me. And for the next Five years, we were in classes together till we both became licensed practitioners. That brought our relationship together.
0: Wow. Was it it hard to get open the door to invite her to that? Or was she pretty open to, to going along with you?
1: It took, well, she wasn't open at Unity. But once we went to Science of Mind, she understood that I was advancing and she wasn't and she wanted her desire has always been to be with a partner on an equal level and to share. And she knew that if we were going to share, she had to do it. And then once she got started, she got hooked.
0: Okay. I love that. Hooked. So it sounds to me like you made an invitation. And yep. because she has such a high value on relationships, she was like, okay, Lee, if we're going to jive together and resonate and connect, and we got to be on the same page. So let me come along with you. And you yeah. made the invitation. And she eventually... Okay, interesting. That was my, that's
1: maturely talking. Now, there was immaturely <laughs> that would want Jean to be specific ways, and you would put demands on her. You, you really need to do this. You're, you're really lagging behind. You're not really very progressive. Let me tell you, that doesn't work. It never works. I mean, I've been married for 46 years, but I probably have been in nine different relationships all with Jean
0: yeah i love that because it's the evolution of yourself in relationship right and i love the way that you phrased it maturely versus immaturely
1: <laughs> oh there was there was a very very immaturely and that immaturely comes from i don't know who ever said this but i've adopted it and that is comparison is the death of joy
0: uh uh that's I, quotable everyone you
1: are in your relationship if you start comparing your partner to someone else, infatuation's going to enter in, and you're going to start to think, "Oh, that person's better than the one I've got."
0: Uh, this but is you're great.
1: only looking at a little piece of that person. Yeah. You know, I like to think of it like this. So I'll use Jean, and I'll say Jean's got ten qualities, and I love these five qualities. These other five qualities, I don't care for that much. So <laughs> she's got a balance, right? The yeah. Game. So let's say I'll take you, Amanda. I met you, and you've got 10 qualities, and three of them match gene, but two of them were different. And if I just focused on the two that are different, I could fall in love with you and be infatuated with you, not really realizing, wait a second, well, Amanda has these five, but she's got these other five here. Yeah. And there's always going to be a balance with people. And we forget that.
0: Yes. Okay. I want to highlight this. These are, these are nuggets of wisdom. So first comparison is the death of joy. Who's whoever's listening to this right now, take a screenshot and, and send this out. <laughs> take a screenshot of the podcast, send it out with that quote. That is awesome. Comparison is the death of joy. And I love what you're highlighting about infatuation where every person has every quality, and what we choose to focus on expands. So if you're choosing to focus on the negative aspects that, that you perceive of as being negative, then you're going to end up looking elsewhere to try to find what's better out there, the grass is always greener on the other side mentality, versus yeah, when, going, yeah. When I out.
1: teach this, I say infatuation is when we fall in love with a fantasy. Yeah. That we've created about a person rather than a balanced acceptance of who they really are.
0: Awesome. Yes. And, and wait, tell us more, balanced acceptance. What does that mean to you?
1: To me, it means I see all the things that I love of Gene, and I see all the other qualities that are not necessarily the things that, well, I don't want to use the word love. Let's say like and not like. There are qualities. I'm a very let's get it done type guy. Yeah. Jean is the type of person who sits back, she processes, she analyzes, and then she gets started in her own way. Yeah. And so I have to, when I'm talking with her, I've had to learn that when I ask a question, I don't expect an immediate answer. Mm. Because she's going to process, she's going to come up, and it may be a day or two days later, and she'll go, hey, remember when we were talking about this? Well, this is what I think about that now.
0: but when I was young 46 years you've learned to uh,
1: when I was young I'd say hey give me the answer now what's what wrong with you why can't you process this and we forget that some of us process much faster than others
0: yeah yeah and we're and if if we were all the same then life would be very boring and none of us would ever grow
1: oh my god yes
0: Yeah. I I love this conversation. I mean, you know, I shared with you some of my relationship struggles. So 15 year marriage, left through having an affair, next relationship, not working, falling down on my face all the time and blaming everyone else. And I think I was the master of comparison. I mean, I compared myself to other people thinking they were always better. I compared my relationship that I was in to other people and thinking that the relationship I was in stunk. I mean, I had all of these issues going on that I have learned to work with and better myself. I love that you're saying your personal mantra is that all relationships begin and end with self-love. And with self-love, it means that you've got to learn about yourself. I think of confidence as love uh, to know love and trust yourself and in loving yourself you're embracing all sides you're on the continual journey you're learning to trust yourself through the ups and downs and you are you know taking it day by day and getting better and better along the way so that then you can be with someone else who's doing the same
1: thing yeah until you self-love it it's almost impossible to be in a relationship with meaning
0: yeah yeah why and would you, you know- say that's the case
1: Um, I go back, and when I think of self-love, let me give give a little bit of a, a box around that from where I think about it. I think, first off, we have to accept who we are in the moment. We have to accept our past. We have to know what we value, understand what we value. We must be authentic and live to our highest values. I believe that acceptance and authenticity go hand in hand. We must accept our flaws as well as our strengths. And we must be constantly living um, the word that I'm using in my, I have a mentorship program right now. And the the word that I'm focusing on with my mentees, if you want to call them anything, is the word pause. Uh, Before you say anything, pause. Before you do anything, pause and ask the question, is this the highest expression of me? uh, And then once you do that, then be in the now. Live in the present moment. It's like, um, and we'll get into the idea of agreements in a little bit. But um, when I'm not with Jean, I don't think about her. She's not a player in my life. So right now, in this moment, I am fully immersed in Amanda. And my command, my thing there. And I think people get confused when they hear the word intimacy because. We've been together. We spent a week, uh, a very intense week together, and we had moments. And in that time together, we had deeply intimate moments. Intimate moments are those where you're fully present with the individual. You're authentic. You're talking from your heart. You're sharing. Intimacy, contrary to what other people believe, has nothing to do with sex.
0: Yes. This is gold. Thank you. And you're so right. It's... I notice that when I feel the most connected with people, it's because I'm fully present in the moment and they're fully present in the moment. And, and I love, I want to highlight just real quick because you're saying so many things to me that are valuable that everyone is going to be able to glean value from. Make sure you have a piece of paper out everyone and be writing this down. These are tips. You know, I like to bring people on the show who have mastery or are seeking mastery of themselves and different aspects of their life based on their value system, clearly Lee has a high value on relationship. <laughs> it does, it takes a lot of, of dedicated, committed, inspired work to stay in a 46 year marriage. So, you know, asking that question, is this the highest expression of me at every moment? Ah, oh, that's beautiful. And being able to be present with your partner in an intimate way, and then also foster connections outside of your intimate, of what we call our marriage, which would be the, the partnership where you get to have that physical intimacy, but where the other people, you also get to create intimacy at a different level. And, and I love that you're highlighting that. Thank you.
1: And you know, one of the things that became clear was, and I wasn't aware of this until, you know, I was reading Don Miguel's, Ruiz's book, uh, The Four Agreements.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I thought, well, that's an incredible book. I think that's probably the most simplistic spiritual book that anyone could read and yeah. get. But His then I thought to fabulous. myself, this is about nine or 10 years ago. I said, oh, what about if Jean and I had agreements about our marriage?
0: Mm hmm.
1: And so we you know, you take the agreement um, in society today. They say, well, you don't have to be monogamous. Well, when you have an agreement that becomes the foundation of a relationship, it's about creating a safe and respectful environment. So agreements are about that. So we had five or six agreements. First agreement we had was Gene would always come first when she let me know because if you can tell i'm an extrovert i'm a social person you get me in a group of people i'm moving and shaking i'm grooving and gliding gene is more of an introvert introvert a nurturer and so when we go to a party if she doesn't say to me lee i need you to be near me well that's the signal i can go schmooze (laughs) this is so
0: powerful yes okay so
1: she has the responsibility So we also had an agreement and we built an agreement on how we handle our money. Because as you know, money is one of the key issues that breaks relationships up. So we literally outlined our plan and we agreed that this was our plan. And the key thing within our plan, each individual had certain freedoms with their money. And I think that's real important because sometimes couples get together and they get into this money thing and they define everything, but there's no free money. No, wait, like Amanda, you need to have your free money. Lee, you need to have your free money. And we don't have to answer to each other for how we spend that money. Yeah. So we had that agreement on money. We had an agreement on um, raising children. That was a huge agreement because when we got this agreement, It was when our boys were teenagers, and those are very difficult years, as you well know. Um, And so we made an agreement that no matter what they did, we would unconditionally love them. No matter what they did, we would still be nice to them. (laughs) And I can remember my, at that time, 14-year-old son telling me he couldn't wait for me to get the F out of his life. And when he moved out, he would never look at me, see me, talk to me again. And he was a stud on the soccer team. And I was the announcer for the soccer team. And if you can tell, I didn't just yell, goal, I did it very (laughs) crazy. And I would make statements through the game. And he would say, Dad, you are the most annoying person in the world, just the most annoying. Well, at 19, we had a healing. Now he looks back and he says, how is it that you were so nice to me when I was such a butthead to you? I said, because I loved you and I knew you'd grow out of it. Yeah. We had that agreement. We also had agreement on sex. Not that you need one, but we felt it was better to just get it out there. So we made an agreement that we would have physical relationships with just each other. And we define what type of physical relationship that was. And that, as you know, this is another place where relationships fall apart. And um, I can remember Gene telling me this was about four years ago, Amanda. And you're just going to die because you know me, and you know I'm earthy. You know I'm very earthy. I'm a very, I'm very much a guy type thing. And the, uh, several of the women in my community approached Gene after service one day and says. How do you live with him? This guy just (laughs) never grows up in certain ways. And she looked at him and she said, when I married Lee, I said, if I'm going to be with him the rest of my life, I made a conscious choice to say, I choose to be easy. Wow. I didn't know that for the first 41 years of our marriage. Wow. I should have because she was easy, but you know, Huh. What I found is that because of that easiness, Amanda, when we were going through our difficult times and we couldn't talk to each other, and we had our difficult times. We couldn't talk, we were angry. The physical kept us together. Hmm. It was like that little bit of bond that said, Okay, this is not totally broken. There's a connection here.
0: That's and so happening. in your physic in your sex agreement, did you was it like number of times a week that you would be physically intimate or was it more about
1: always be open to the other's desires. Okay. Unless there was something we were really sick or something like that.
0: Okay. So Um, open to um, the other's desires. And then you talked more about what that meant to each of you. And for us, I'm just going to be honest with you. It's pretty much a daily thing. Wow, which is incredible after 46 years of marriage.
1: Incredible because it's not the physical act we're talking about. The physical act represents the joint coming together of creation with another human being. Let me go, let me take it through this. I'm going to bring you back into De Martini. De Martini talks about love being the synthesis and synchronicity of complementary opposites. So in that definition, the synthesis and synchronicity, it means two completely different opposites at the exact moment coming together in a moment of telos, which is a divine moment. Is that not the moment of connection in sex? Yes. It's indescribable. You cannot tell anyone about it. It's an experience only you can have. And when two people can get into
0: that moment, I ask the
1: question, why wouldn't you do that?
0: Love it. Wow. This is, uh, this is, this is filled with so much great stuff. Okay. Do you, you said you had five agreements. Did you have one more?
1: Oh, cause I want most, to
0: recap. I want to the recap. The most but.
1: important agreement of all that you have to ask for what you want when you want it.
0: Ah.
1: What yes. that agreement and that agreement is not just with your partner. You that agreement should be with everyone in your life. Yeah. Cause what it does, it takes all the drama out of relationship because For example, with you, Amanda, I never have to worry about what you tell me or say, or not say. If you're not asking me for something, I have no responsibility to think what's going on in your beautiful mind. And I couldn't possibly, I mean, I've been married for 46 plus years. I've known Jean for 47 and a half years. I don't know what's going on in that woman's mind.
0: Yeah, right. And I'm not responsible. I like to say, and I've heard this before, unspoken expectations lead to resentment. Oh, God, yes. And resentment leads to destruction of relationship. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that is great. Okay. I want to recap real quick. So th- and the thing I think is really fascinating is you're hitting on all the very important, critical, essential, foundational moments in a marriage and agreements that we must make together. So the way that I term them and tell me if this lands is connect agreements about connection. So how yeah. you interact with each other in a connected way out in the world as well. Money huge one parenting another big one if you decide to have kids as a a couple sex lots of fights can start there if you don't have agreements and communication the way that you communicate your needs to each other
1: and you know if you take it to the basics of relationships and i got these words from john as well the only reason we're in a relationship is to support and grow each other yeah you know, that's the foundation of it. And
0: um, and, um, and support, when you say support and growth, support and challenge, right? Oh, without <laughs> a doubt. Is challenge. Without a doubt. And you wouldn't be, I mean, uh, to me, I look at challenge as a fun, exciting adventure. I, I would never want a life without challenge or a marriage without challenge, a business without challenge, because you would be static, comfort zone, bored. And I dislike being bored. <laughs>
1: yeah, and sometimes Gino says something and challenge me. And I'll look at her and say,
0: "That's none of your business."
1: Yeah. And see, one of the things is you can't take things personally because yeah. you can ask your partner for something, but if they're not ready for it, they have the right to say no, yes. and then you have I, you to know, respect that.
0: You said something earlier, and I, I don't remember. You've said so many great things that I'm trying to remember. It was something about demands when you were, your younger, immature self would make demands versus requests, or you know. So there's a difference between stating your desires, making a request. And making a demand.
1: Oh, and God, yes. What I
0: yes. hear you saying is you're stating your desires. You're communicating what you what you desire and what you, you're like, okay, hey, I need this. But the, your partner doesn't have to say yes all the time.
1: You know, here's the thing. You know, this is an old adage. What is it? Um, when men and women get married, the man doesn't want the woman to change. And the woman wants to change the man.
0: <laughs> do you think that's true? What do you think about that?
1: God, there's some truth in it that there's not some truth in it. <laughs> I, I think, think, it could, I think it's not basically. really
0: gendered. I think it could be. I think most people, when they get together, well, first, let's say I think most people are operating under a fantasy of a one-sided expectation <laughs> that it's going to be easy. Yep. And I can say that because I did it. Yep. You know, I thought, oh, we're not getting along. This must be broken. We must not be right. We must not be soulmates. You know, all those stories that I ran from really learning how to do relationships through watching a lot of soap operas and romance movies.
1: <laughs> you know, what's interesting is I was dealing with a young person the other day. They've been married like 20 years and they're dealing with a codependence. Uh huh. And I said to her, I said, let me take you back to when you were between the age of zero and seven. When you watched your mom and dad from zero to seven, were your parents codependent? She says, yes. And I said, you do understand that from zero to seven, your brain is in the theta state, which means a state of hypnosis, which means it's absorbing everything it's observing. It's just the brain is being filled. It's getting its um, programmed to how to live in life. So your parents were codependent. You absorbed that. Now, Go over to your partner. Was his parents codependent? Well, yeah. So he absorbed all that, right? So now you come together. You've got no other model. So it's only natural that you become codependent. Yeah. Yeah. And so now to break that, that's a lot of work. Yeah. Because you've got to become aware.
0: Yeah, that was a huge, for me, that was my entry into personal growth and development world. I don't know if I ever told you that my first book in was codependency for dummies by Darlene Lancer. (laughs) And it, I'm telling you, it is probably, I've told people this before that I would pay a million dollars for that book because it changed my life because I realized what was going on for me. And, and it was, you know, when I say that, it's like you get, it's the spiritual evolution of your soul and your consciousness. When you unfold the layers of yourself as you evolve, that was the first book I read that led me to Martini. It was yep. the book that led me to this conversation. It was the book that led me to my current relationship That's thriving because, and when I say thriving, with the ups and downs, going through all this ebb and flow, you know, he's the person that I'm with him. He's the one who I had an affair with. We now have family dinners together with my ex-husband, with my kids. Everyone knows we've, you know, we work on the healing. We work on connectivity and it's a constant, it's a constant growth opportunity. And for me, that book was the place where I was like, oh, I am addicted to relationships. Yep. I'm addicted to putting myself before others, which really I think codependency in Z. Martinian terms is putting everyone else on a pedestal. Yep. And 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 so you're in the pit, you feel a lot of guilt and shame, and you overvalue everyone else and undervalue yourself. And when I got that, it was like all the light bulbs went off, and I realized I had to go on the journey of self-love. Yep.
1: And do self-mastery. Remember, I, maybe this is before your time, but do you remember the group or singer Meatloaf? Oh yeah. And Meatloaf did a song, two out of three ain't bad. I want you, I need you, but I'm never going to love you. Well, I (laughs) refuse to sing those lyrics. I would always sing, I want you, I love you, but I'm never going to need you.
0: Yeah, yeah. And when
1: I would say that back, this is back in like 1974, 5, 6, when that album came out. Yeah. The women that I knew that were in relationships with my best friends would say, you are a butthead. How could you even (laughs) say that? Yeah, you need your wife. You need her. You need her. Guess what? All those people are divorced. Yeah. Needing is toxic. Yes. Because when you self-love, you realize that you're whole, perfect, complete,
0: just like you are. Yeah. And everywhere you go, everything is always fulfilled. Yes. If that's your perception. If it's not, then you come from a place of scarcity, fear. And then you lose You lose the opportunity to be responsible and fulfilled within yourself. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I, it it ties back to what you were talking about. Is like you said, um, you didn't. You don't have to be around Jean at all points in time. And when you're not with her, you're present where you are. And that yep. isn't to say that you're not you're not attached to her you're not considering that you're married it is that you are present in the moment fully embodied self-expression of yourself while holding the container for your relationship is what I'm hearing yes so even let's take
1: that a bit let's take it to an extreme okay um so I know my hierarchy of values my hierarchy of values are spiritual self-awareness uh, building intimate relationships and spiritual community, teaching and speaking how to better self-love through conscious living. It is about um, my personal health and well-being, being financially free to do what I want, when I want, how I want. It's about traveling the world and experiencing other cultures. So, if something comes up in my life, let's say you come into my life, we're at Martini, we go head over heels in infatuation. We, you, you, in your because you're so forward, you say, let's you and I get physical. (laughs) Here's what would happen in my mind, because Mm -hmm. I know my values, I would go, would that support the hierarchy of Mm -hmm. my values? And it would go, no, 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 no. Yeah, you would say no, because you'd realize that if you did this act, it would destroy everything you built over here.
0: Yeah. And I want to highlight what you're talking about first is knowing yourself, knowing your value system. So then when you know your value system, it is so easy to navigate life because exactly as you're saying, something comes in and you check in with yourself. Does this support me on my genius path? Does this support me in my highest values? And if the answer is no, it's easy. It takes me 10 seconds to decide. Yep. Whereas I used to struggle with making decisions. I used to be like, but what if this and who does it please and how, and will I look stupid or will I look smarter? Or you know, on and on and on and on. And now i you know, like,
1: The thing uh, that we've, we've got to understand it. I know you know this because I teach values all the time to my community. Yeah. I do the values workshop, everyone. And then I'll go to a person a month later. So tell me the hierarchy of your values. They and
0: don't they don't come, know. They don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so then you've got to sort of back up and say, okay, let's go back and let's get that. Because until we do that, the thing that we've got to understand in life nobody has our sense of urgency.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Nobody. And so if you're going to accept other people, you have to realize they don't have that sense of urgency. So don't judge them. Right. Because here's they, the thing they have thing. it
0: in their value system, right? That's
1: right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And the thing about that is love and judgment cannot coexist
0: yes okay say that again everyone needs to hear that and write it down
1: love and judgment cannot coexist
0: so, so tell more tell us all more i Wait.
1: can't look at my wife at 67 years of age and judge her against her 21 year old body
0: yeah Is nor what yourself getting
1: at? yeah it's very different no matter how you want to say this we change. Yeah. It's like a judging means I don't accept a
0: part of you. Yeah. Well, and judgment is a form of comparison. because oh my you're God. Exact, yeah. Right. So, again, yeah. going back to comparison is the death of joy, I think you could also say comparison is the death of love.
1: Yes, it is. You
0: know, it's,
1: yeah. it's the death of peace. Yeah. It's the death of harmony. Yeah. I mean, all the qualities that we attribute to the divine
0: death of confidence, death, yeah. death of awareness,
1: <laughs> it kills yes. fun. Think about that. You know, I never talked about the agreements there. Um, David Dida has a great book called The Way of the Superior Man.
0: Uh-huh. And in
1: that book, David Dida talks about the essence of relationships and how we're trying to become a society where men and women are exactly the same. We are not the same. You are very different in many ways than I am. Yeah. But we're equal we we should have yeah. equal rights to experience this to express this everything should be equal but you and I are not the same and we don't we forget that we have thousands of millions of years of dna being a man or being a woman in us
0: sure yeah you know something i, I it's interesting because you know i'm a gender scholar my yep. i have a i've done a lot of research in gender studies and some people will talk about essentializing gender and there's all these different conversations around the way that we can create binaries around gender and try to categorize men and women differently all these things which I think is an interesting conversation and I've read his work for that reason I think we're all unique yes we all have a mix of masculine and feminine within us we're yes. all unique it's going to be de- culturally dependent it's going to be dependent on your value system ultimately yes right like you you can show up and be a very masculine presenting man and have feminine ideas yes. or for me I think I present pretty I, I look feminine but I have a lot of masculine energy and you know the way that i just some of the, you know i've had people say that to me so it's like this so, so let me share masculine these two and feminine let me share these two little tricks with you
1: so if i'm talking to is it josh your 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 yeah. partner yep. if i'm talking to josh i'm going to say to josh i'm going to give you a couple secrets josh and if you do these two things i know your relationship's going to be that much better And Josh is going to go, tell me, I want to know. Amanda, no, she's a complicated woman. And I said,
0: I can't wait for him to listen to this and laugh out loud. Here are the two secrets. That is the truth.
1: (laughs) Gently throughout the day, lovingly, just gently touch your shoulder. Put your hand and touch your arm. Nothing sexual. You're just basically establishing connection. You're saying, I'm connected to you. The second thing. Is make her laugh. (laughs) I tell you what, those two qualities, and I'm I'm not looking at it equally, it probably could go both ways. I've not really considered that. Yeah. But I know that when I do those qualities with Jean, she lights
0: up. Yeah. You know, I something I wanna highlight here is that you've learned what lights her up. Yes. And you do those things. Oh, yes. So I think it's like even that layer back where you go, learn what your partner loves and do those things every day. And, and so
1: let's even take it a, another way. Let's assume we've got, and we do have listeners out there. They're yeah. going to be in relationships and those relationships are not going to be all that good. So here's what, here's what I'm going to say to them right now. If you want that relationship to work, the first thing you've got to do is find out how to better self-love yourself. And that's a whole other discussion. But the next thing is, you've got to start your relationship all over. You've got to figure out, okay, what does my partner, it's as simple as saying, okay, what's your favorite way to hold hands? Because I don't know if you've ever done this, but there are a lot of ways you can hold your partner's hand. Yeah. And then, okay, start all over again. How do you like to be kissed?
0: Mm, that's gold
1: what yeah. type of topic what 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 type of dates do you like what do you like to do that makes you feel appreciated that makes you yeah. feel connected but most people don't go back and start over they want to just start to correct no start over because that's what you're doing you're saying yeah. i've had this relationship it's gone this far now
0: it's time to to rebirth. Yeah, well, and especially if you're wanting a long-term relationship, we change and evolve so much over the course of a long-term relationship. The ways that I liked to even snuggle 15 years ago are not the same way that I like to snuggle now.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant. Okay, what's your, did you have a third? And this is, this is, I know is related to us wrapping up and asking the three tips that you have for everyone. So I always ask, uh, anyone who comes on the show to tell our listeners their three top max potential habits for this. We're focusing on relationships. So you're talking about the three. Is this what you're addressing right now?
1: No, yeah. I was doing something different. Oh, you're doing I'm,
0: something even different. Okay. So if if I'm going you would What are my
1: top three?
0: Yeah. Well, first though, I didn't want to cut you off because you said self-love, start the relationship all over, and then you were going to say one something else. Make it fun. Make it fun. Okay. I love it's it. It's got to be
1: fun. We take life so darn seriously. Uh, just think about all the people that were with us with Martini. Yeah. How many of them were so serious?
0: <laughs>
1: and the idea is, you know, what was it? The movie Van Wilder. If you take life too seriously, seriously you'll never get out alive. <laughs> I know that is not like a philosophical movie, but that quote just stuck with me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, lately I've been going like, bring the joy. Where, where's the yeah. joy in this process? Because we're
1: creating all this. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Everything we're choose. doing, we're Do creating. We're fun. Joy or misery? Do you want your yeah. marriage to be
1: joyful or miserable? <laughs> I want you to know is my wife is a professional. She works as a director of medical records at a hospital. Once a day, I will call her on the phone. And she, about seven years ago, she's got a staff of a lot of people. She had me on speaker. I want you to know she will never have me on speaker again (laughs) because I call up and I will make the most outrageous statement and I'll leave that to your imagination. You're already there, Amanda, because my job is to get her out of this thinking head and get her laughing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Bring joy to her day.
1: Yeah. I don't want her to think. I don't ever want to be predictable because then we get boring.
0: Yeah that's so true okay so so as we wrap this up tell me if you could think of the top three things that you want listeners to take away in terms of creating a thriving connected relationship where you're on this journey of true love what would those be
1: know who you are okay become that person Uh, and share that person with others
0: awesome This is so heart fulfilling to me. Thank you, Lee. I really am just, I feel so grateful that I met you, that I know you, that I get to be on this life's journey with you. And I can't wait to meet your lovely wife someday because I'm certain that she has all kinds of good stuff to share with me.
1: Oh my God, she'll be laughing for years.
0: Yes. Um, So thank you so much. For everyone listening, you're gonna to wanna to rewind this and listen several times. If you're a person who's interested in developing, fostering, cultivating connected relationships, I'm certain that many of you are gonna to want to connect with Lee on the social media channels and in different ways. So, Lee, tell us how listeners can connect with you.
1: Well, first off, they can connect with me on my YouTube channel. And you just go find Lee Wallach, W-O-L-A-K. And um I've got over 430 videos that are out there for you to listen to on just about any topic you can imagine. You can go to agape, dot and find out about our spiritual community and what we do or connect with me on Facebook. You know, okay. I'm there on all those platforms. And if you want to contact me, just send me a note and I'll be happy to talk to you.
0: Okay, and for everyone listening, I'll put all of those links in the show notes in case you didn't hear. And real quick, though, I want to repeat. So it was the Agape Center for Spiritual Living. So it's agapecsl.com? Yes. And that's your center? That's correct. Okay, awesome. So the YouTube channel, you said 400 and some videos? Yes, ma'am. That's a, a wealth of gold, I'm sure. I can't wait to watch and listen and learn. Um, is there anything else that you would want to share before we wrap up just be you just be you thanks so much for listening to this episode if you're liking this podcast make sure you subscribe and leave a review this will help me help more people max their potential to thrive If you want to be a part of the Max Potential Habits community, go to NFACoaching.com where you can get my free drive roadmap that will teach you the six steps I took to go from food stamps to six figures in only three years. And you can also find out how to join my live weekly online training that happens every Monday with other NFA Max Potential Habits business builders who are driven to succeed. Until next time, I hope you have a NFA day where you thrive and feel alive.